With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. You heard it straight out of Vegas. Cofield along with the man, the myth, the legend, RJ Bell. I think that's fair. And in the wise guy chair first hour, Brad Powers, college football expert, Steve Fezzik. In the second hour NFL preview, we have a record tonight. We like to talk about what the blank finals. Like half the show is filled with what the blank finals. Two of the top three teams in the college football playoff blown off the field. Unexpected. Or was it? We know more about these teams now than we've ever known before. Georgia is one of the big losers. Georgia falls 40 to 17 at Auburn and you actually think it was a little worse than a 23 point beating. So here's the thing as far as the, this game goes. Georgia touchdown drive. First drive of the game. Looking good for the Georgia Bulldogs. In between that period of time and scoring a touchdown on their final drive of the game, absolutely total domination by Auburn. Outscored Georgia in that time, 40-3. to This one was actually a final that could have been much worse if not for a meaningless touchdown at the end of the game. Here's the question. In the preview show yesterday, we talked about Joel Klatt saying Auburn's not very good, and that's a quote. <laughs> so the question becomes, is this a sign of how bad Georgia is, or how much do we reevaluate and upgrade Auburn? Uh, look, uh, you know, you fall into question in the entire SEC. That's what he was questioning. He thought the entire SEC was being propped up, but I thought... No, 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 no. Uh, did you hear the segment? Well, he he was saying... Did, did you hear the yes. segment? Okay. What he was saying was he felt like the committee was propping up Clemson's opponents, the SEC in general. He thought there was a potential agenda, Joel Klatt now on the herd, but he specifically said Auburn is not a good team, which is a separate matter, 
right? He didn't think this team was good at all. They dominate today. And as you said, dominate even more than the scoreboard. So do we look and say, wow, Auburn really is good? Or do we say, wow, Georgia wasn't near as good as we thought? Well, I was different than the market to begin with. I thought Auburn should have been at least a slight favorite in this game coming into it. So I okay, disagree with Okay, but when you've him. got a 30-some point yes. win, thinking that there's one team that's a point or two, you know, maybe they should have been laying one instead of getting two or three. That's not the issue. It was domination. Right. So I, let me try to make this as clear of a question. I want a yes or no answer to this. Or you say, I don't know. Is how much yes or no are you significantly upgrading Auburn off this win? Oh, significantly. Two or three points. You have to. Okay. And how much are you downgrading Georgia? Again, two or three points. Significant right. downgrade. So if this game were played again next week, Auburn, I'm just doing some simple math here, would be about a three point favor. Yep, at the very So least. you're saying these are even teams then? Because if Auburn's at home, right, I got that straight, for home field's three or four more. So right now, if you upgrade Auburn three and downgrade Georgia three, they're about even teams. Yeah, but, I mean, keep in mind the market, at least coming into today, said Georgia on a neutral field would have been a touchdown better. So that in mid-November, no, no, that's I, a I significant understand. downgrade. No, I'm not saying yeah. that you're not downgrading the right amount. I'm asking you to yeah. just be comfortable in your position. So you yeah. think these are about even teams? Uh, if you play it out ten times, yeah, right now, even teams. And then Auburn is a real player now in the college football playoff. They've got destiny in their own hands, even with two losses. Yeah, they absolutely do, because obviously they still have a big game at home against Alabama, where now you're thinking they're only going to be maybe a three- or four-point home underdog in that game, and then obviously get a rematch against Georgia. And, I mean, if you have three of your last four wins, Georgia twice, top, at least in the top ten they'll be twice, and Alabama, you, you got to be the front-runner as far as getting in there as the, the front-runner for being a two-loss team getting into the playoff. See, I find this fascinating, the result of this game, because what was Alabama-Auburn going to be? Oh, Alabama would have been at least a seven or eight point road favorite in that game prior to today. And then how do you guys, the experts, handle a game that goes from seven, but it's not going to go all the way to three. It might be three and a half, four. If that's, that gets tricky, right, on the Alabama side, because now you feel like, hey, maybe I'm getting some value on the Alabama side. Well, let's back up, though. Did you ask a question, Steve, and say you think Auburn controls their own destiny? Absolutely. So they win out, they're in the playoffs. Yes. You agree with that, Brad? I fully agree with that. They so, are. And how many losses do they have? They have two losses on the road. Top so, 10 teams. All right, so let's do the math here. Wisconsin, if they went, if Wisconsin has one loss and Auburn has two, but the Wisconsin loss doesn't come in the Big Ten championship. So they, they get upset, um, and then they win in the Big Ten championship. Is a two-loss Auburn team over a one-loss Big Ten champion? I think that I'd say 50-50 at that, in that scenario. It would depend I on totally how dominating did, the Big I totally Ten. disagree. Oh, I, who did Wisconsin play in the night? Doesn't I, I, I'm not asking. Yeah. See, you're talking about what the power ratings might be. I'm not asking that. I'm saying the way the committee is with their politics. And let me ask you, Cofield, what do you think in that situation? One loss Wisconsin team that won the Big Ten championship against a two-loss Auburn team. I agree with Brad. But I also don't believe it's going to come down to that choice. Well, that, that's not the question, yeah. right? Is, and, uh-oh, Fezzik has something to say. Intern Fezzik in the corner. Fezzik. I would lay minus 400 that the committee would put a one, would not put a one-loss Wisconsin team in over a two-loss Auburn team. Auburn would get in. 
Okay, well, I, I'd be very anxious to take that back. <laughs> because you guys are having trouble, I think, removing the politics of this from how good a team is. Well, let's just use the, the rankings from right now. I mean, a zero loss Wisconsin you know, you, number eight. Your, your mic is down for some reason, Brad. So, go ahead, Sue. Yeah, so he's uh, he's talking about the major jump now. You've, you're looking at the uh, current ratings, or at least last week's ratings, in the college football playoff. You had Wisconsin down at what, number eight? So... They're going to have to jump up, and it also depends yeah, on mar- well, it also depends on margin of victory. I think quality of victory. What if Auburn did take out Alabama pretty easily? What if Auburn wins the SEC title game and romps on the opponent? What if Wisconsin barely gets by Ohio State well, in the all, Big Ten title game? I mean, I mean there's all kind of what ifs, I th- right? But, but, but I think but, they, the but point I think I'm they saying is we've never had a two loss team in the playoffs. We have a team that Joel Klatt is saying is not very good. Play one game. Joel Klatt's wrong. He uh, was wrong before the game. But you weren't speaking up yesterday. He was wrong before the game. Oh, fair enough. It's yeah. easy to say. Right? He was wrong. <laughs> I, he was wrong. My rankings, my Cofield playoff system, I had Auburn uh, inside of the top 10. I think, so, Auburn, so, I think Auburn is the third good team in that conference. So I thought then, they were legit. Then why, then why not as a home dog? What Weren't you preaching what value there was? <laughs> That's that? right. I, yesterday, I should have been screaming about a giant like on Auburn. I well, did like Auburn's chances yeah. in this game. I mean, yeah. you are here. Yeah. If you don't say it, you don't get to say it the next day. That's just a, that's will, just a basic rule. I will have to make. pull my local show. Well, my no, no one cares. No <laughs> one what cares. do you mean if I say it on the air? I say it on the air. Because what does it th- then if they would have lost, then you have it both ways. You have the national show. No, you don't say anything. No. Everything, I, but, everything is of record. But back up a second. It just makes no sense if you have a team that certainly isn't. Well, let me ask you this. If Auburn loses two games, or check this, if Alabama loses two games, is that a situation that they would be in? Well, you're saying from here forward? Yeah. That even possible because because it would seem to me at that point Alabama would probably have a better resume right I guess it matters who beats them right well I mean right? if they lose the Auburn game obviously they're not jumping Auburn at the end well no, but they don't need to jump Auburn in theory if you have a bunch of two lost teams yeah. in right I mean so uh, I mean is is what's the chance of Oklahoma losing from here uh, less than fifty percent and um so let's do this Steve is why don't we take an early break we'll we get this mic fixed yep. Let's and get to the uh, rest of the What the Blank Finals as we had Notre Dame just absolutely trounced. That's coming up next straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We got an hour and 45 minutes to go. We're doing uh, What the Blank results, and I think the whole break was What the Blank. Still, still discussing the Auburn Wisconsin scenarios. Yeah, I'll say this, and then we can end it. Is if Wisconsin loses one game, but it's not the Big Ten title game, and they are the Big Ten champions with one loss, there is no way a second SEC team with two losses makes it. And it brings up an interesting point: if Bama loses to Auburn and only has one loss. That'd be interesting. And we've seen this in the Big Ten last year, right? Is the team that didn't even make the championship game makes the Final Four because they have one loss and the champion has two. This would be directly analogous. The idea, and let's think about this, is if Auburn has two losses, wins the SEC title, Alabama loses to Auburn, has one loss, could you imagine a scenario any closer to what Ohio State and Penn State was last year? 
difference being uh, – I know you think there's a difference. Well, the, the difference is Ohio <laughs> State had that marquee Oklahoma win in non-conference. Alabama doesn't have it. Thought they would with Florida State, but obviously Florida State much you know, down – It's Alabama. You have them as a seven-point favor yeah. against the – or uh, how much are you going to – let's get to that game. Which one? Yeah. No, <laughs> Alabama, Alabama game. Alabama, Alabama game. Mississippi's. Yeah, so the Bama game was another one of those what-the-blank games. Uh, Bama laying 14. Trails 24-17 in the fourth. They come back. Go ahead, touchdown. 38 seconds left. 31-24. So what happened in the game? Well, very improbable, the fact that they got the last touchdown. I mean, they're playing for overtime. They get a third and 15, 31-yard completion. Very next play touchdown with about 30 seconds left. They escape, and I think that's the correct word there. But I I have some concerns moving forward with Alabama, specifically with the cluster injuries at the linebacker spot. They weren't getting much of a pass rush tonight. Their secondary is also a little bit banged up. Their best player, less than 100%. The the Alabama team that I saw tonight – would not be beating Georgia. That was in a really few the weeks. first time they've got smacked around in the trenches. Mississippi State ran the ball on them. And again, it goes to the cluster injuries at linebacker. They're not getting any pass rush. And when they face a mobile quarterback, and I'll give Joel Clack credit, he thought a Baker Mayfield is a type of guy that could really give Alabama fits. I agree with it. We saw it tonight with Nick Fitzgerald and Mississippi State. I mean, the other crazy game, RJ, was Miami. We've talked about Miami over and over and over again about. The Canes being overrated. Not, well, not, but, not, but not listen, anymore. I mean, this was 41-8 against Notre Dame. Let's give some credit where credit's due, though, is Brad and Fezzik both said, hey, we see the error of our ways, and this is a team that looked very different against Virginia Tech, Miami, and we see now when they're playing at their hardest, this is a very, very, very good team. We saw them play their hardest today. This is a very, very, very good Miami of Florida team. So I don't. I feel like these guys have done their uh, my culpa, as they say, and said we were wrong. We were misevaluating motivation, and I. But obviously, this would be even more proof of how good the Canes are when they play hard. Uh, yeah, and what I have to do specifically with Miami is pr- probably reevaluate their entire season. Maybe not dock them as much as what I did for their close performances and subpar uh, efforts earlier in the season. But with that being said, we'll see if the trend carries forward because they got two games where they're going to be significant favorites moving yep. forward. They already have the division so locked they, up. So if they, if they win by seven and they're supposed to win by 30, it doesn't affect them at all. It, it doesn't, but it's going to Is affect- there any chance they lose to... They're not going to lose the pit. No. Virginia? No. And and really, I would make the following case. Does it matter? Meaning, if Miami loses one game and they beat Clemson, they're in with one loss. It would matter if you want actionable advice for their next two or three games. And I'm thinking that you might want to fade them. And I think that I agree with 100% because we're seeing now almost without fail, when they have a super competitive game, they're exceeding expectations, the Hurricanes. And when they are big favorites, they're falling short of expectations but still winning. But back to the whole NCAA playoff concept, does it even matter if Miami gives away one of these big losses? If they beat Clemson, they're in, right? I agree with that. With one loss. They're in. So in a way, that's almost speaking more towards your actionable advice uh, Brad is is there's even less motivation. Not that they're thinking we want to lose, but really, what's the stakes? Not much. Well, the the uh, the other what the blank final. There's four of them today. Michigan State. Yikes! You asked last night if they had anything left in the tank. They had nothing. Ohio State just killed them forty eight three. 
Our worst loss for Michigan State in 15 years, and that takes it all the way through the Mark D'Antonio era. Complete domination, nothing phony about it. It's not like Michigan State had five turnovers. In fact, JT Barrett throws a couple interceptions, and this could have been much worse than the final, even a 48-3. to I thought the Ohio State was kind. And here's validation, because I took a lot of angst in the Dream Podcast that we do. How can you still have Ohio State in the top five of your power ratings? Well, well so let's be clear. The angst came from Ken Thompson, yes. who is a renowned Ohio Ohio State hater. I mean, listen, we always. Where'd you go to school? <laughs> Sorry, it was a quick impression. We, are, we always say that <laughs> that if you're a fan of a team or if you're actually you hate a team, a it, hater. Can, it can be an advantage because you engage with that team more, right? You're watching the games. You just got to be able to remain objective. <laughs> And unfortunately for Ken, he, he's as sharp as they come with players and a lot of specific details. But when it comes to USC and Ohio State, it's a different direction, right? The Hogan he, comes out. He, he loves UFC. <laughs> he USC. He hates Ohio State, and I think he's a little less than objective in those teams. But moving as far as Ohio State, I mean, again, to me, their A plus effort. Uh, if you're just doing it strictly by power rating, to me, is second only to Alabama. And from what I saw today, I only see one other team in the country that's capable of doing that. So and, what's the scenario? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. What's the scenario how State plays in the Big Ten championship game? Oh, I mean, they're almost definitely in their favorite, significant favorites against Illinois coming up. And then they got a big game against the team. All right, I, so let's bring it back around is the team up north. All right, so let's bring it back. And, and you had a projected early line on that, what would you say Michigan-Ohio State is right now? Oh, Ohio State's going to be favored on the road probably by about four points, in my opinion. Four points only? Yeah, four points. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to reevaluate. <laughs> no, no, no. I, well, thought, because- I thought I had heard a bigger number from you. I'm not questioning the number. Yeah, I, I could see six or seven. Okay, so here's the question. If the Buckeyes win that game and they win the Big Ten and they have two losses— does Auburn have a better resume than Ohio State at that point? Oh, yeah. I mean, their two losses, Auburn would be on the road, uh, and you got Ohio State losing at so home. So on Oklahoma. the road where? At Clemson, okay, a team that ahead. might be in the playoffs. LSU, after blowing a 20 to nothing So LSU is going to win nine games, nine, ten games this year. Mm, shaky. Shaky. Shaky? How about losing by 31 to Iowa on the road? No, no, no doubt that's not a good loss. So, I, And I think you're right there, and I think there's a little Ohio State fatigue. You know, to I mean, there's SEC fatigue too. I mean, who's a team? Who's a team from the Big Twelve? Is there a one lot? I mean, is there a pack? Uh, I mean, is USC now? That's interesting, right? Colin was talking about USC. So if USC wins, the and wins out, right? They've got two losses. Auburn wins out. They have two. We're assuming Alabama's in with one. If the choice is you got to take one two-loss team, a second SEC team, or one Pac-12 team, doesn't USC get a lot of consideration? They do, but again, a 35-point loss to Notre Dame, who's, that takes even a hit tonight with Notre yeah, Dame true. getting crushed. Yeah, it's tough. And, and look, this reminds it's starting to remind me a lot of the season 10 years ago in 2007 with each week that passes by. This is tremendous. So earlier, it sounded like we were anti-Wisconsin. I, we're not anti-Wisconsin. Iowa today uh, just couldn't compete with Wisconsin. The game looked sort of close, I guess, to 38-14. You thought it was a lot worse, though. Wisconsin dominated. Well, absolutely. I mean, Iowa only had five first downs and 66 total yards of offense. Should have been 45 nothing. But did, I- did Iowa have 548 last week against Ohio State? Yeah. 66 today? 
How about some love for Wisconsin on defense? Well, you have to because the only two touchdowns Iowa scored, interception return touchdowns. So that, to me, makes it a little bit misleading. Look, Wisconsin's still banged up on offense, but, man, today defensively they showed me something I hadn't seen from them all year. Upgraded Wisconsin maybe a point, point and a half, but uh, to RJ's point, uh, there's still going to be a dog in that Big Ten title game against Ohio State, probably by four, five, maybe even six points on a neutral field. I I worry that Sharps, and I think media might hurt him here. So let's be candid for a minute. The sharpest guys in the world – a majority of them don't do any media. They don't want to tell anyone anything because they're giving it away. Now, some people love fame. They want to be, you know, they feel like, and this is something you saw in the poker boom, a guy like, uh, uh, well, I don't want to name any individuals, but there were guys that were super respected in the poker business, still are, but they felt like they were failures because their mom didn't like that they were a gambler or, you know, whatever, right? And once they had a chance to be on TV, write books, they took to it like a fish to water, not so much because of the money because you think about it, one pot with those guys can be a million bucks. You're not going to probably make a million on your book, right? And it's taking you a long time to write it. It's They want to have... Not notoriety. They want respect. I think there's some sharps like that. And then there's guys like you that are saying, hey, we're going to make this part of our business, Brad and Fezzik, where we're going to share a bunch and we think we can still win even if we share stuff. And to me, I'm very thankful for guys like that. But I also think you guys maybe, and I'm going to pose it, need to be willing to back off your positions a little quicker. Because I think in a way you feel like you have to defend that. And to me, when you backed off from Miami, both you guys did, where it was like, wow, we were wrong. To me, that was great. It was like, sometimes you're wrong, right? You just got to be right 45% of the time. But this idea that Wisconsin's no good and no matter what they do, they're no good. I mean, I would just beat Ohio State by 30 plus points. And you just said Wisconsin dominated them. At what point do we say this is a good team? Well, it is a good team, but to me, I don't know if it's great. It's not. I don't <laughs> well, think it's great. top five. Is there? Any- it's still not top five. Not, not to me. Not in a, power, a pure power rating. No, absolutely not. And and it just seems weird to me that you look at a Bama. Who? What's Bama? So you just made the case. Oh, Bama wouldn't really have signature wins. What's their signature win right now? Probably LSU. LSU? That's it. They haven't played anyone. LSU is are they were they even in the AP top 25 this week? Uh and they were not. All right. So you're saying Bama so have they beaten anyone in the top 25? Uh, currently? Uh, I mean LSU's going to be there after this week, but no, currently coming into this week, no. So it so to me this it just feels like we have an idea of how good Bama is entering the year. We don't really care about seemingly their results. Wisconsin though, I mean, have, has Wisconsin been upgraded or downgraded by you since the start of the year? Uh, after the day, which was a dominating win, maybe a half-point upgrade. So they don't lose a game. What what game did you think, because you liked them coming in the year, right? You have an 80-1 to ticket saying they had an easy path. What game did you think, wow, I got to reevaluate Wisconsin and they're not very good? There's not too many, but here's where my reevaluation. So when you say not too many, name them. 
Uh, you know, a phony final Indiana from last week was a game that they were only leading by seven. Looks great on the final scoreboard. They won by four touchdowns, but to me, it was so a they phony won final. by twenty-eight, yeah. and that's when you said we got to downgrade this team. My downgrade, <laughs> my downgrade with Wisconsin is player personnel. If I made a list of their, has uh, the personnel gotten worse since the start of the season? Yeah, I mean, I if I made a list prior to the season, their top ten players four out for the year right now. All right, but are we able to really look at their backups and judge? I mean, because obviously the backups are performing on the field. Well, prior to the day, I really didn't get a great look. I mean, they're missing their top two wide receivers. They can't throw the ball to begin with. The guys that replaced them today were much better than I expected. Yeah, so it's interesting. Can I step in with one other positive? From a personnel standpoint, they have the best running back in the Big Ten. Yes, I said it. You guys, what are we going for? Hot takes or Saquon Barkley's the best running back in the Big Ten? Production-wise? Saquon Barkley. You know, you give, Recently? you give Saquon Barkley Wisconsin's offensive line and then talk to me. So the way he's explaining Wisconsin not being good is talking about how good their line is. Well, they, they do have a great line. <laughs> Taylor is every bit as good a game breaker and a difference maker as Barkley has been. As a true freshman, yes, he's probably the best true freshman running back. But you but know, that's all I get. Say, as a true freshman, did you? How good did you expect him to be? Well, I didn't expect him to be the starter. So that's yeah, no, one. Guy. No one knew this. Yeah, he was a highly so touted I, I guy. Guess no what one I'm knew saying this. is, I think it's got to be more than okay. They started with X players. Now let's subtract four. They must be worse. Who have they added? And obviously, this is a, as in based on your expectations. Who have they added? And, and, and obviously, a great running back. And, and it was unexpected because in Wisconsin's running system, obviously it's plug and play, but they've never had really a true freshman come out on the scene like this kid. This is good. The college football playoff. Well, the I, race is on. You know, We're lot, all worked up. A lot it's of people night. hate these rankings. I, I love them. It's great. But one thing we know before we go to break, yeah. we know the committee's going to put the four teams. They don't care about who's six and who's five <laughs> and, oh, they can't get jumped. We saw the year the Buckeyes won it, TCU and Baylor. There was no logic to what happened. And it was, okay, this one counts. All right, put the Buckeyes in. We've got more debate coming up about another one of the top four teams. Clemson, how good is this team? That was not impressive today. Steve Sager, uh, Steve DeSager has the latest. Let's start with the late games, and then we'll get to the top 25 in the Pac-12 couple of finals at the Rose Bowl. UCLA, 44-37 winners against Arizona State. The Bruins are 5-0 and at home, 0-5 on the road this year. UCLA's Josh Rosen returned from his concussion tonight after a slow start. He finished with 381 yards passing and a touchdown. Arizona now 7-3 and after beating last place Oregon State, which is 0-7 in conference. 49-28 tonight's final at Arizona. Star quarterback Khalil Tate, 16 carries, 206 yards rushing, and two touchdowns. In the Mountain West Conference, Wyoming with a win will go to 5-1 and one in league play. Wyoming about five minutes left, leading 28-14 at Air Force. Boise State, which was 5-0 and in the Mountain West, still losing at Colorado State. Down big early. Now it's the Rams 42-31 over Boise. Under five minutes to go third quarter. And the late game, halftime, Fresno State trying to go 5-1 and Mountain West, leading at Hawaii 21-7 at the break. Number one, Georgia did lose today 40-17 at 10th-ranked Auburn. Jared Stidham, three touchdown passes. Number two, Alabama picked up a win on a touchdown pass with under 30 seconds left. 31-24 the final at Mississippi State. Miami still undefeated 
undefeated. It'll be playing Pitt and Virginia over the next couple of weeks. Number three, Notre Dame, the victim at Miami tonight, 41-8. Clemson was only up on Florida State, 17-14 with under five minutes left. Then a couple late touchdown runs made it 31-14 the final for Clemson. On Fox TV tonight, number five, Oklahoma led at halftime against TCU, 38-14. TCU had only allowed 27 points total over its last four games, 38 in the first half tonight, the final Sooners, 38-20. And Wisconsin beat Iowa, 38-14. Victories for USC and Ohio State, for Penn State and Oklahoma State. And one NBA note, among the 11 games tonight, Lakers lost at Milwaukee, 98-90. Rookie Lonzo Ball did have a triple-double, youngest to do so in NBA history. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio, wrapping up the day in college football. What a day. Crazy finals. Two of the top three teams in the college football playoff falling. Clemson is in that mix in the top four. Uh, This is one of our misleading finals. Brad Powers in the wise guys chair. Clemson was not impressive today. Uh, Again, and this is a Florida State team. I know you guys had a a crossfire last night. Uh, They wound up covering, but come on, 17-14 going to the fourth? Not just going in the fourth. We're talking five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Florida State has the football. That's how close it was. Although, What what were you thinking at that point? I was waiting for a text from R.J. Bell. (laughs) I was waiting. And all it turns out to be is a right side loser. Well, <laughs> let me let me do say one thing though. In the first half, I mean, Clemson's up seventeen nothing. Fumbles a football at the one yard line. To me, that kept Florida State in the game. At least uh, you know gave them some momentum. At least a little bit into halftime. But clearly, RJ had the the better argument going into the game. But I'll, I'll take the cash at the end. And and, will... and Florida State once again. The only team in the country that has not cashed a ticket this year. If you had bet them every game, you didn't lose every game. Two pushes, right? But literally, they haven't cashed a ticket. And what and, kind of odds would you take? I mean, how many? So how many games are they in? Is it nine? Yeah, nine games. So if you say it's fifty, it's almost it's five hundred to one. I mean, it's at least five hundred to one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Unreal. If you're flipping a coin, it's five hundred to one. And no love lost for Dabo. Uh, had a chance to take a knee at the end. There was a touchdown scored with about 30 seconds left there. Now, again, is that style points? Is that covering? Because what we know, my famous story, so my best buddy, still my best buddy, actually played on Kansas State from 88 to 93, and he was a red shirt one year, so five years. And this was back when Switzer was still with Oklahoma, and they were favored by like 40 points. This maybe was 89 or 90. So Oklahoma was favored by like 40. They're up. Uh, you know, 52, about eight minutes left in the game. Their players take off their pads, second strings, and they're in their, you know, uh, sweats and everything on the sidelines. Somehow, Kansas State scores two straight touchdowns. Boom, boom. It's down to 38, below the number. This is no lie. Two minutes left in the game. Starters back in, up 38. Ran like four plays, scored a touchdown for the cover. And that, these days, it'd be all over the internet. But back then, especially, I think it's less the case now. These, uh, the the big boosters, covering that spread meant a lot, meant a lot. USC in a misleading final as uh, they were laying 13 and a half, 27 nothing. They're up 38 24. But there's a lot of stories here because the total was also in play. Yeah, I won't you know go through all of it here, but I'll say this. I mean, if you're betting both sides in total in this game, 
and the total was sitting at 63. It's 38-24. Colorado's right there at the goal line, two-yard line with about a minute left. The quarterback forgets what down it is, takes a loss, and USC takes over for the football. USC wins 38-24, covers by— So the big bad beat is they didn't score from the two. From the two. I mean, (laughs) what was the—was it third down or second down? Well, it ended up being fourth down, so he didn't no, know no, what. But before this, when they got to the two, what down was it? When they got to the two, I think it was third down. So they had two chances to score from the two. That's about 65% at best. Not the whole game, RG. I mean, when you're missing a couple of chip shot field okay, goals right, and all that fine, kind of stuff. Fine. When you There's nothing more boring than bad beat. <laughs> exactly. I was going to ask permission. Yeah. No. I, I mean, know you hate bad you beats. You better put the bar a little higher than that. <laughs> no. Because not scoring from the two, that's not a bad beat. Uh, let's get to some. Hey, I want to ask a question. Sure. Clemson entering the year was what thirty-five to one to win the title. Yeah, thirty to thirty-five to one. All right. So, and then all of a sudden we reevaluated how good they were. Maybe we're we were right before. Is my point. What win now in hindsight looks all that impressive? Beating Auburn. Okay. Or or maybe not. That's my point, right? Well, my point is, who has really been overwhelmingly impressive? I mean, we're knocking all these teams, but I mean, well, who's I'm not left? knocking Wisconsin. <laughs> I like teams that don't lose, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't want to echo <laughs> echo Trump when he was talking about McCain. You know, he said uh, President Trump said, "I don't like guys that get caught." Well, I don't like guys or te- I don't like teams that lose. I like teams that don't lose. Ten teams would be unbeaten with Wisconsin's schedule, perhaps, and we'll see though. Because if Wisconsin had beat Iowa, oh, wait, they did today. We're not giving them any credit, but somehow Ohio State, who you think is better, couldn't beat Iowa. At some point, it's just win. And and remember, this isn't some fantasy where in a perfect game, you know, I remember back in the day, right? I'm 47, so I was before computers when I was like 10 or something, right? I eventually had a TR or TI 994A was my first, a Texas instrument was my first computer. Some people may remember that. But we used to have games where you roll dice and, you know, you say, okay, this, this quarterback's now in. You roll a dice. If it's a six, it's a touchdown. This isn't that. This is how do you do over the course of a five month or so season? And I have no doubt the Buckeyes playing their best game, probably the second best team in the country. They don't seem to play their best game uh, even half the time. And if Wisconsin, we got to value at some point a team that always plays at least a 7 out of 10. But let's go back for a second. Uh-oh, Faz is stuck. It's his birthday. I think he was drinking, so let's let him jump in. <laughs> well, I'm agreeing with you, RJ. The impressive part of Wisconsin is not only they're undefeated, they are even close to losing a game. I mean, it's, you know, they're home free in the fourth quarter. Look today at Alabama. Oh. They could have lost to Mississippi State. Hold on, though. They only won by 28 a couple days ago, so they almost lost. They should. They've been a double-digit favorite in every game this year, so they should. So has Bama? Uh, The Florida State game, they were not. Okay, so other than Florida State. So my point, but in hindsight, they should have been, right? And other than today, they had won every game by 14 points or more. And then today they didn't. That's the point. Is Wisconsin's been the most consistent team. And if we're going to say Iowa's not a good team, then how can we say Ohio State's a good team? I, I feel like these Sharps have it in their head that their power numbers mean more than anything. And I think they're right. Their power numbers are the best in the world before the game. 
But once the game's played, we got to give that some credence. We got to give these results some credence. And they sat here and said, Miami's bad, Miami's bad, Miami's bad. Give them credit. They finally said what we saw in the field Miami's not so bad. We skipped ahead past one big game, and that was Oklahoma against TCU. That was impressive. For the most part, Oklahoma has been impressive on offense. Uh, on offense, but <laughs> I can. But the D was the D was better today than it's been. Yeah. And and I don't know. Do you how much do you downgrade a team if offensively they're beyond belief almost every game? No, I think it's all about the final margin. I don't care if you if it's eighty eight to uh, eighty eight to eighty six. Or if it's eight to six, you either win or lose by two. That's what matters. Offensively, with the biggest impact player, Baker Mayfield. The biggest takeaway now is he's the overwhelming favorite to win the Heisman. It would take, you know, and they got Kansas next week. So that let me pose a question. Yeah. Let's say Alabama's the best team in the SEC, and let's say Oklahoma's the best team in the Big 12. If you take everyone except those two top teams, which conference is better? Oh, yeah, it's still the SEC. Really? Yeah. So TCU, I don't believe Oklahoma that. State. I mean, I, I'm not even sure. Aubrey, I mean, again, if Georgia's the second best team, everyone thought now one game is going to change everyone's mind. I, Boy. It's not fair because the SEC's got four more teams to choose from. And still yeah. it seems like it's a close conversation. Right, that also gives the SEC an advantage to get to beat up on Patsy's at the bottom of the league. With with I mean, how many coaches are out where teams have just quit? Florida has bailed. Tennessee was miserable today. Those are easy marks. I, I just really think we can't forget Joel Klatt saying Auburn is not very good. And one game, I'm not sure, changes that. On the way, Fezzik's three big takeaways in the world of college football and, of course, an hour of NFL uh, after the top of the hour. It's Cofield along with the uh, wise guy chair filled by one Brad Powers and R.J. Bell right here on Straight Out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save you 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com, call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Rapid fire time as we wrap up a, a crazy day in college football. Michigan is a player down the stretch here, certainly. What did you think of Michigan laying 17 against Maryland? They got the cover. 35-10. Yeah, they get the cover 35-10, but when you're outgained as a 17-point favorite and you get a couple of touchdowns on like 40 yards of total offense, I'll give a little tip of the cap to you. I thought your Maryland pick probably should have covered when you go and dive through the box score. It didn't, though, so I'm a loser. <laughs> uh, Florida and South Carolina got to watch down the stretch the teams that have lost their coaches or are going to lose their coaches. Effort is a big question. Uh, Florida catching. Well, this number was all over the place, right? It finished up at what, plus four and a half from plus seven and a half? Yeah, the sharp money was all over Florida here for the second week in a row. Uh, and I get it is if you're looking at player for player statistically, I got the money. But again, wrong. Florida is, you got to sell Florida at this point. You thought you'd get the one game uptick with an interim, didn't get it. They were clearly the wrong side today. You know, we need to get a drop when he said wrong. McLaughlin, wrong. Most exciting game of the day, like I said yesterday, and then I got mocked and chided. It was a good game, though, right? Oklahoma State and Iowa State, six and a half point spread. Uh, Well, good comeback by Okie State. 
It was the best game of the day, and it was Oklahoma State scoring a couple of touchdowns late, a little bit phony, and give Iowa State credit, lost their quarterback in the first half, still right there at the end. They throw an interception on a first and goal with 20 seconds left in the end zone. You know, I've been thinking, I'm really going to bet the heck out of Miami against Clemson. I think that idea that we so reevaluated Clemson is a really good idea. What's, what's your projected line on that? Uh, Clemson's going to be favored probably by six, okay. maybe less now, maybe four. I like it. Sprinkle some on the money yeah. line. Crazy story of the day again. Is there something to Lane Kiffin paying attention to the spreads and the totals? Because uh, La Tech today, he's got the game wrapped up, and he goes for a touchdown where he could take a knee and wins 48-23 to 23 and went over the total? Well, you know, did it affect the spread? No, they were dominating the so game. So you think he cares about the title? I don't know. Yeah. He, he just wants points. He, he talked yeah. about poison a couple of weeks ago and said, I didn't want to get the cover. Joking in a tweet, he apologized. He did apologize. He did, yes. Okay. I, well, I don't know if he ap- I don't think he knew the, the total, but yeah. this is one guy where you don't he want to He wants to score. Yes, he does. Is that bad? Now, did he have his starters in? Uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, he could have easily taken it. 30 seconds left on fourth down and scores a touchdown. Did he have the starters in? He had some of them still in. Okay. So, well, there's a, you, did the, was the quarterback the starter? Was the running back? Was the receivers? Because to me, you've got to let the kids play. Right. Like, you shouldn't schedule. I get the whole payoff thing is let's go be a sacrificial lamb. If if the backups can't play hard against you, it's your problem. Look, moving forward, I'm not going to have too many anti-Lane Kiffin tickets as far as betting unders in his games. Uh, Duke played Army. I know you had action on the game, and certainly a factor in the game was Army Veterans Day weekend. Yeah, a factor that I didn't think would be as big of a factor as it ended up being. And You, you looked at the pregame rituals for this one. The crowd was amped up, almost a sold-out crowd there at Army. They fed off that energy. They beat Duke outright. Best bet What was, a unfortunately, a loss for me to, today. Let's get Fezzik in for his uh, big takeaways. I know he wants to start out. You just mentioned the Clemson-Miami game. Fez is not super high right now on Clemson, and I agree. I worry about that quarterback position from a health standpoint. So why do you think Clemson is shaking? Yeah, we love talking about phony finals, and boy, did we get one today. Florida State is a pretty dead team, if not a completely dead team, and that's why the wise guys, many of them, were looking to lay 16 with Clemson. Well, Florida State was stumbling, bumbling, missing wide-open receivers, not recovering fumbles they should have, and yet still, at the end of the game, midway through the fourth quarter, they're trailing by three and driving. And somehow they wind up losing by 17. They don't even cover plus 16. How does that happen? Well, they turn the ball over and Clemson gets a touchdown to win by 10. And then at the end of the game, well, Florida State goes for it and turns it over again. There's two and a half minutes left. Clemson's just taking a knee to run out the clock. And somehow they get it in with they run up the middle, eight yards. They cross the plane. Phoniest cover you'll ever see. Quick question. How much better is Clemson today than you thought they were entering the season, if at all? Just about the same. <laughs> all right. And same. they were 35-1 to 1 entering the season. And the, and the wise guys did take that 35-1, to 1, so they went down to about 24-1 to 1 right before the week one. Still, this was a long-shot team that we don't necessarily think is better, but somehow because there was those four or five weeks, we said, oh, maybe they're as good as Alabama. I don't know, man. Everyone else is worse. Next hour... Finish up on college football. Fez has his legit national title contender. You may not expect. And And we are going crossfire in the NFL. Crossfire, crossfire, crossfire here. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!
You heard it. Hour two, Cofield, R.J. Bell. And in the NFL hour, in the wise guy chair, Steve Fezzik. And guys, let me tell you something. If you wonder about the passion in Vegas, it's just not all the money. So we're switching around, get ready for the second hour. Hours and hours of show prep going into it. That's true. Actually, if you think about all the hours, Fezzik, that you handicap, all the hours I do, all the hours, Brad, there's like probably about 150 hours in the show of prep every week. We try to distill it down. But we had a couple minutes during the commercial, and just out of nowhere, Cofield turns to Brad and says, you've got to apologize to me next week. About the Wisconsin <laughs> running back because he's doing research and he starts spewing stats. A lot of passion, see? Yes, Jonathan or it Taylor. Could be ego. I don't know if it's passion or ego. It's what happens in sports radio. You don't like to lose <laughs> arguments. So, Jonathan Taylor over Saquon Barkley. Just trying to prove my point with Wisconsin. I, we know. Just trying to prove your point could be the answer to a lot of stuff. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, big takeaways from Fezzik, college football, uh, week number 12. Your second big takeaway is our Vegas lead from hour one, which was Auburn knocking off Georgia. You really believe in Auburn now as a nice, uh, national title contender? I believe in Auburn before that game as a legit national title contender. I know Joe Klatt's going to be upset. Auburn, <laughs> I think they're really good. I think they're as good as Ohio State, Whiskey, Georgia, Oklahoma, Clemson. Throw them all in the mix behind Alabama. And Auburn, absolutely. No fluke today. They crushed it. They took the number one team, came to their stadium, and it was a complete and utter domination. It was beautiful to watch. It wasn't a matter of Georgia just messing up. This is a team that can beat anyone, and they belong in the discussion. By the way, am I crazy for saying Gus Malzahn is one of a handful, it's a very small handful, you have to have little baby hands, of coaches who I feel comfortable with against Saban in a big spot? Well, I think how do you, so. How do, you, how, how do you think of Gus Malzahn? Well, I remember, you know, the, the game where they returned back the uh, the long field goal. So You know something? This is about the squarest conversation I've ever heard. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cofield, is they, they were talking about the Auburn coach playing for his job this week. They were. That was yeah. Tim Brando when okay. we had him on local radio. I wasn't. Okay, I think Brandon knows a little something. Well, I think he like, was. Re- I think he's talking about what you talked about on local radio. I, I think he was not moving the needle. I think he was reacting to the pressures of the SEC that the SEC has gotten out of control, and everyone is measured against Saban results when everyone okay. can't produce Saban win results. I mean, you listen to Colin this year; he's talking about there's no coaches in the SEC. Well, he's wrong on that. I saw. I saw well, him. Yeah. You seem on, to disagree with all the well, experts. He, 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 I saw. He sent out a tweet today talking about you know uh, the rec league coaches in the SEC. I mean, he's he's poking the bear of the SEC. There are some good coaches there. Listen, the bottom half of the league obviously is not very good. There's coaches getting fired left and right. If Auburn, what is Auburn's best win other than today? A lot of silence. All right, Brad says Mississippi State <laughs> which off, is, off which, which is more impressive after today, but still not all that all impressive. Right, so why isn't Iowa being talked about the same way? Iowa's win was more impressive over Ohio State than this win over Georgia. And now we see Notre Dame, how they look. I mean, what's Georgia's good win? More Notre silence. Dame? Well, the Notre Dame is well, still a really good win. Really? I mean, a field goal difference, and now we see Notre Dame's not a very good team? 
I mean, that's the point I'm saying is I think the whole SEC is down and we're all tra- someone's got to win these games. And now all of a sudden we're going to exalt them. I, I just if we were doing a court case pro and con, I just don't know what the Auburn's pro side Auburn's pro side is beyond today. And one day doesn't make a team. You're not going to like their pro side because their pro side is that their two losses are very forgivable losses. They don't have so horrible I, losses. Listen, I, I accept not blaming someone for forgivable losses, but you can't accept the absence of admirable or affirming wins. You've got to have some wins that say, wow, look at those wins. And if you were just stacking up the three best wins in the country, all right, and we can have Brad think about this and he'll tell us during the break, and we'll talk about next, you know, here in 15 minutes. I think there's probably 25 teams that have three wins better than Auburn's three wins this year. Like, forget their losses. And again, I know that matters. But if all we were measuring, take your three best wins, put it in the Jeff Sagarin computer, I'm guessing there's about 25 teams with three better wins this year than Auburn. I agree. Let's hold, as, as, as Ronnie the limo driver would say, let's stop the clock. Well, the clock's going to start when they beat Alabama, and then they oh, go ahead and so beat you think Georgia beat going Bama. forward. You I think it, do think they're going to beat Bama. Okay, so let's do this. I'll bet you uh, $5,000 at even money. No, let's do dinner at Circus. $5,000. <laughs> it's even money. $5,000. And we'll show the payment on. We'll do Facebook Live. We'll pay in cash. Well, RJ He's brings changing up a the great subject. point because I say, I say it for dramatic <laughs> impact, but I don't really feel that they should be favored. I do feel they'll be a good investment catching four and a half. Okay, fine. So a good investment meaning, so that's what? Uh, what, what what's their plus? Like, what's their chance of winning that game even at the four and a half? I believe it's more like 42% instead of the Thirty-three percent. It'll be priced. All right. So, I mean, to me, is is I again? I am not good enough at this to figure out. Oh, well, that cornerback. I didn't know he'd be good, but now I've watched the tape, and boy, he's defending, and he's going to be able to stop this player. I don't know. I just know that I don't hear any. We got a room full of experts here in Cofield. I don't hear any. I don't, I don't hear. Any, I don't hear anyone telling me how the Auburn win is or Auburn's wins this year. I, that's impressive. Here's why I do think they're going to beat Alabama because Alabama has cluster injuries at linebacker, and we saw them. You get do dominated. realize their fifth linebacker is probably better than Auburn's linebacker. Fair enough, but they got dominated on the line of scrimmage by Mississippi State today. Mississippi State at the end of the third quarter, RJ. Had a two to one time of possession advantage. I never By the way, see can't, that. Can't we just Alabama lean team. on the fact that Auburn beat Mississippi State forty nine ten and Alabama struggled to get by them in the final thirty seconds? Well, if that was that's the a only, good measuring if stick. We, if we were well, one, if we were one game in the season, yeah. Well, you're you're judging a lot of teams on one game the last no, five minutes. No, I'm trying to say the opposite. Okay, I'm saying let's look at teams on their season results. I agree. Because any one game can be. I mean, we saw the Bears beat the Steelers in the NFL. Right, so anything can happen in a given game, but the Bears aren't making the playoffs. And we saw Jacksonville blow out the Steelers, and the Steelers still could well be the best team in the NFL by the end of the year. I agree. This is an argument we're not going to bail on. Yeah, not going to (laughs) happen. Auburn close to Clemson, Auburn blowout over Mississippi State, and Auburn blowout over Georgia. So I rest my case, or we can keep going. You rest in your case? (laughs) Well, why don't we do this? You want to bet the 5,000 against Alabama? I'll have to think about that. All right. I'll have to think Go about that. I, yeah, I love the, yeah, the, even, thinking, the, even, yeah, the even money, though. You're going to be thinking until everyone forgets I, about I love it, how, how long you're going to be thinking. throughout the even money. Uh, real quick, uh, gas tanks that are empty, you're worried now about? 
Yeah, be careful about teams that pull huge upsets and then have to go on the road against really good teams. We saw it with two teams today. Michigan State and Iowa both looked awesome pulling big upsets, and they just had used up all their energy and had none left for their games today. Time for the NFL. Let's get to the big TV games. I am going to rep the square chair and say the Cowboys may not be able to run the ball anymore without Zeke Elliott. I do believe this. Zeke is worth about a point. We've been saying it for weeks and weeks. We were debating a half point or a point. I think it is a point the market is telling us. I believe they Zeke would have been even more effective against Atlanta. Three of their last four games, they've given up over 135 yards rushing the Falcons. But if you look at the Falcons, Steve, I've been calling them the wise guy, wise guy team, Fez, is that this is a team that has the exact same net yards per play that they did last year when they made the Super Bowl. And it's the number one metric that wise guys love. And that 1.1 net yards per play to the positive is number one in the NFL. And thus seeing this line moving towards three and a half, I think speaks to the idea the wise guys have not given up on the Falcons. Yeah, the wise guys love that metric. And as you mentioned, they gain over six yards per play. They only give up five. And we feel it's only a matter of time, right, till those stats kick in and they become the Super Bowl team of last year. But the problem is they're a 2020 team. They keep moving between the 20s and they can't score in the red zone. But we talk about it all the time on the Dream Preview. And remember, the NFL Dream Preview totally Topical and pertinent now before kickoff on Sunday. Just go to my Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. That's correct. At RJ in Vegas. And you'll get the links. There's a bunch of them to the dream preview. But we've been talking about it the whole season is red zone efficiency is about 75% luck. Now, what's luck? Okay, they missed a field goal. Okay, they dropped a touchdown. Okay, third and four on the four. They got a touchdown, plus four versus the field goal. That stuff in the short term can have a ton of flukiness in it. And whenever your full field stats disagree with your red zone stats, I think many more times than not, the full field stats are more pertinent. Thus, when you say, oh, they haven't done well in the red zone, is that predictive in any way to not doing well in the red zone this week, for example? I think it's only slightly predictive, so they should do better. But what concerns me, the running back Freeman is all banged up. Julio Jones, their best wide receiver, he's all nicked up. So the markets are reacting to Elliott being out for certain. But we're going to have two guys that we need for the Falcons. They're only going to be at 75%. So Atlanta three and a half now, lean or like? So we, we're seeing three and a half? All three and a half. So there's uh, one three left on the board. One right. lonely three. So I actually liked Atlanta when they were minus three plus 100 when Zeke was playing. Right now, I'm going to give the smidgest of lean, the smallest smidge of leans still to the Falcons. And RJ, you know there's never a plus three and a half that I didn't want to get at. So I'm going to lean with the hook to Dallas. Now, this is not a crossfire that we're, we're going to, you're going to see a crossfire coming up. Oh, it's coming. We've uh, debated the Bills a lot this season. That's up next, straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free great quote. Very bickery night tonight. Good debates. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. Listen, if you guys had the right answers, we wouldn't have to bicker. But I owe it to the audience. Speaking of that, 
We got a little excitement coming up with Crossfire. So many of you probably remember Andre the Giant. Well, with Andre, it was boring to see him wrestle one guy. So they would have two guys <laughs> wrestle Andre and sometimes three guys. Well, tonight there's three against not Andre, but RJ tonight. It's the Bills. It's the Saints. We got the square chair, Cofield, Fezzik, and first up on tape, Mr. Colin Cowherd. And by the way, this game was a disagreement of mine on our prediction podcast. So you can hear me critique with my wise guy feedback. Five, all five of the Blazing Five picks. That's up on Colin's Twitter and mine at RJ in Vegas. Let's hear his pick, though, in this Bills game. Man, do I like Buffalo this week getting two and a half at home against the Saints. Look at Buffalo's schedule over the next month at the Chargers, at Kansas City, New England. They know this is their season. And New Orleans is a young roster. Over the Saints' six-game winning streak, they're averaging 140 yards rushing per game. That's not happening here. This is a legitimate rush defense by Buffalo. Tied for fifth in scoring. The Bills circling this game. Make or break their season. I like the points. 26-22, Buffalo. Remember the old adage, wise guys, sharps, they bet numbers, squares tend to bet teams. So this isn't really, with Colin at the two and a half, you know, I think that's especially egregious in my opinion. Now three, it becomes a more interesting conversation. Fez, usually with Crossfire, we'll put a little music beneath it here to kind of give you a little rhythm to your presentation. But I got to, we'll do a cold open as they say, is I got a question for you is you have been preaching that the bills are no good, that that all the squares and the mainstream media are getting fooled by a bunch of coin flips. And, hey, beating Atlanta didn't mean very much because uh, the flag was blown a certain way or someone sneezed. I can't remember all the excuses, but the wins didn't seem to mean anything. So explain to me, leading off your presentation, if you would, what's different today? Nothing's different. They're an average team. I've had them rated as an average team. Had them rated as an average team before they got blown out by the New York Jets on Thursday. Middle of the road, 15th best team in the NFL. Okay, so you think the 15th best team in the NFL should be getting less than three at home against the Saints? I do. Go. The Saints are a good team. I always start with my power ratings. One of the best things that I do, RJ, I got the Saints the fourth best team in the NFL. They're a fine team with an improving defense, an above-average defense. They're still only four points better than an average team. That's good being four points better. So there's a four-point differential. Buffalo's got a fine home field advantage. Nothing wrong with it. We take three off for the home field, and my numerical number is Saints minus one. That's my starting point. Now let's look at the situation. The situation's awesome for Buffalo. They get crushed by the Jets, embarrassed on national TV on Thursday. Ten days to prepare for this game. And you got a Saints team, a little bit fat, drunk, and happy on a six-game winning streak that never plays as well outdoors. I like Buffalo. Okay. I think you make some good points. And I also... Now, I do question the idea of this the bounce back from the Thursday night 
being the key because to me, yeah, they didn't like losing, but this is an out-of-conference game still, and Colin was still making the case, oh, look, they've got some tough games ahead, so they're going to be so focused. I would make the case that a Saints team that's feeling their oat, they, they, you know, we always talk about streaks that, that if you flip a coin that, you know, you can flip 20 heads in a row, but the, it's 50-50 on the 21st flip. But these aren't coins. These aren't objects. These are human beings. And I think the Saints are going to be a particularly focused to keep their win streak going. So I, I don't think it, the case can be made the Bills have any motivational edge. If we want to call it even, I'll accept even. I will make the following point. Drew Brees, and this is coming from Greg Cosell, 37 years at NFL Films. He said, in his opinion, Brees is playing just as well, as good as he played last year. That There's no drop-off in Brees. Even so... If you say the Saints running the ball, the Saints throwing the ball, or the Saints defense, I think a valid point could be made that the Saints throwing the ball with Drew Brees is number three on that list. I know objectively the Saints are more efficient running the ball. If you look at football outsiders, they are a better running team than a passing team, the Saints. We can, we can, if we want to debate football outsiders metrics, then I'm not interested in that debate. So let's agree with that. They run the ball at this point better than throwing the ball. And if you look at them since week two, so week three onward, the Saints have the second best defense in the league, in the league on a yardage basis. Now we can debate is that a good stat or not, but it's I, it's a meaningful stat. Is it perfect? No. But I think we've all been lost in this debate. Oh, they can run and oh, their defense isn't horrible. I am going to make the case the Saints have a top 10 defense. Maybe it's not second. But a top 10 defense where we were debating is a 20 or 18 before. And I'm going to debate their offense is one of the best in the league. Because if Drew Brees is throwing by Greg Cosell as well as ever, and they're running better, maybe this team's the best team in football because they've been playing like that the last six games. So that's my question, I guess, to you. If we're going to trust your power rating, then you're right. This line isn't right. But based on what I just said, do you still agree with your power rating or I need to hear why not? I still agree with my power rating. You bring up some great points. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. Let's make the Saints the best team in football. Let's make them as good as the Eagles, who I have rated five and a half points better than an average team. Even if I take that leap of faith, it's a little bit leap of faith to say that their defense is a top 10 because you're kind of data mining taking out the first two weeks. But I agree. It's improving, and it's probably top 15, even if they were the Eagles. Well, no, no. Last six, they're top two. Fair enough. All right. So yeah. I think top 10 is accounting for we're looking at the last six instead of all eight or, or all nine. Let's make them the top 10. Let's, I'll go ahead and say they're as good as the Eagles, even though I don't really believe it. Even if they were as good as the Eagles, if I had the Eagles going into Orchard Park here, I would still only make it five and a half on a neutral, take away three for home field. I still only get to two and a half. So all right. All right. All right. You know something? This is why I usually don't lose. I'm going to concede. Ooh. I think you're making a point. I think the three is the issue here. I think a two and a half. Who do you like? If you force bet at two and a half, who do you take? Oh, I would still, I would strongly in. Would you, would you team. bet the Bills at two and a half? I wouldn't bet it, but it'd be strongly in. All right. I think a two and a half, this is a different argument. At three, I think that you probably are right. And, I, and I've and i been holding on to the, that I do like the Saints here. 
Steve, wow. you Yeah, yeah. That was uh that was like watching Andre the Giant get a data mining from like Barry no, Horowitz. No, 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 we remember Come now. on, don't step on my jobber line there. He remember- remembers Barry Horowitz, pat himself on the back. The Brooklyn Brawler just beat you. But no 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 DQ. It was a DQ. DQ. There was Playboy no Buddy Rose just came in. <laughs> if I would have kept fighting, it would have been a pin. That was a DQ. You know, Drew Brees. <laughs> title does not change hands. Still a top five quarterback, even though he's, he's what, he's 38 Fez, now? you won. He keeps You going. won. Uh, Sunday night football. We got, we got the What pin. was your main point, Steve? Uh, I don't like the, the Saints outside. I do think that weather, that weather number is a factor. He's four and seven outside under 45 degrees. Drew Brees is. And I do believe in the Bills' home field advantage. And I also don't, I don't buy that the Saints. I think the Saints have played some crappy offenses, and that's why their, their numbers have looked so good in the last six games. All right. It's going to be interesting. Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll be back, find out. We'll be back next week to talk about it. Uh, Patriots are laying seven and a half at the Broncos. Broncos, any fight left in this defense? Because they were affected by the poor play of the quarterback. I thought last week they were affected by it. You know, I, I do over 20 hits across the country, national, et cetera, many right here on Fox Sports Radio during the week. And I love hearing, you know, quite frankly, a lot of knowledgeable hosts who are not batters, right? So they're not sharp, but they're knowledgeable. And they've all been saying, oh, the motivation. Denver's going to be so motivated in this game. I think they're missing the point. The all-in game for the Broncos was last week. After they lost that game, I mean, this feels like a lost season. Now, I'm not saying because it's the Pats, they're probably still going to be up for this game. But I don't think they're going to be any more up than they were last week. And they couldn't play last week, even in a competitive sense. And the new thing I'm doing, Fez, is I'm not trying to find reasons to bet teams. I'm finding reasons not to bet teams and just Xing them out, which makes it a lot simpler. So I'll keep this one simple. Osweiler, I can't bet him. We thought he was an upgrade. He's not. Uh, even from a hobbled Simeon, he's not an upgrade. I can't bet the Pats because if you look at the last four games, they've given up 17 points or less. That seems awesome. But if you look at net yards per play on the season defensively, so not net, but defensive yards per play, still last in the NFL. The Patriots are the worst defense in the NFL on a per-play basis over the course of only eight games. It's not like we're going back a couple years here. So I think they're overrated now on D. Thus, that seven and a half is too much. I'm passing. Yeah, you bring up a great point. I'm passing the side as well, giving up that 6.6 yards per play. League, league average, 5.4. But yet, somehow, they keep their opponents from scoring. Atlanta got 6 yards per play. They didn't score against the Patriots. But it's not, it's not somehow. It's It's luck. I mean, it's, uh, we can say Belichick can do anything, but to some degree, if they're down on the eight, they've gotten on the eight for a reason. Yeah, but Belichick is the exception to the rule. He's, he's chronically lucky. That's why he's covered 56% of the time. I'm on the under. You mentioned it. The last four opponents, 17 or fewer points, and I don't think that Denver can score in New England. we got to get 24 against Denver. Real quick, Fess says something interesting. If you went back to Brady's first Super Bowl. So the next year they were the defending Super Bowl champions. Usually those teams have a premium on them. If you had bet every Patriots game since then you would have won about 56% of your bet. So this is a rare public team, the Pats, that exceed expectations not every year, but in aggregate they've exceeded expectations in an amazing fashion since that first Super Bowl. We've got a number on a big favorite in the NFL that is going to blow your mind. But first, with the uh, late college football games, let's talk to Ralph Irvin. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. First off, in Fort Collins, 
Well, Boise State's trying to make a game of it. They just recovered an onside kick inside a minute and a half to go. And it's 52-45 Colorado State leading Boise State. Breaking tackles, running the ball actually inside the 10-yard line. A touchdown and PAT would tie this game. Again, 116 to play there in Fort Collins. Meanwhile, Fresno State leading at Hawaii 31-21. That game with 12.05 to play in the fourth quarter. Earlier, number 10 Auburn, a 40-17 win over number one Georgia. Number two Alabama, 31-24 over number 16 Mississippi State. Number seven Miami, 41-8 over number three Notre Dame. Number four Clemson, they win over Florida State, 31-14. Number five Oklahoma, 38-20 over number six TCU with True Car. You can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 102 to play. You know there's those late tickets out there waiting to see these finals. And Boise State making a game of it. Now back to you guys with uh, let's take a look at that big line and who's going to look good. Thanks, Ralph. Yeah, that wacky number is from the Steelers game. And no one knows the Steelers like R.J. Bell and Steve Cofield. In the wise guy's chair, it's Fezzik. We've got the Steelers favored by 10 against the Colts. And yet the numbers will tell you that Mike Tomlin laying a big number is not always the most reliable guy. When the rest of the NFL, when they lay a big number, they usually lay the wood or they, they win the game. Yeah, and, and this is pretty, I think, in, uh, an indictment to Tomlin. Now, listen, I'm putting on my fan hat for a second because I am a big Steelers fan, but I just hate the way, more than anything, I hate the way that they give away games because they never get that number one seed, and it's hard to win on the road, especially if you got to go into New England, right? We saw that last year. Here's the trend, though. Pittsburgh when they are favored by nine points or more on the road. Now, what does that mean? That means the team is so dominant. They would be more than two touchdowns if they were at home when you're favored by nine or more on the road. Pittsburgh is six and five in that situation. Six wins, five losses, straight up, not against the spread, since 2006. The rest of the league, 65 and 10. So literally a third of the losses in the NFL with nine points or bigger favorites, came from one team. The other 31 teams make up the other two-thirds of the losses. I can't bet the Colts because there's turmoil. There might be lawsuits about fraud, about luck. I mean, they cut their one of their best cornerbacks, you know, salary dump, whatever we want to call it. I don't want any part of the Colts, but I cannot. I don't lay these kind of numbers anyway, but especially not with Pittsburgh. Avoid the Steelers in your survival pools if you're still alive. And, hey, the Colts have shown they can compete as a big underdog. They should have won at Cincinnati. Should have won. Did win at Houston. I like the Colts. There you go. Plain and simple. Uh, Chargers take it on the Jaguars. The money is going on the Jag side. Chargers are getting four and a half in this one. Another team that's hotly debated, the Jaguars. I think the following. I think the Jags, and this could be a longer debate, and we had it on the Dream Preview. Fez, I think if, if, if the Jags are up by 10 or more, they might be the best team in the NFL in those situations. They run the ball super well, and I think statistically and on the field, they have one of the best, if not best, pass defense in the last five years. And statistically, it's probably the best pass defense in the last five years. So what does that mean? 
if they have the lead, they can run the heck out of the ball the Jags can, and they defend, they pin their ears back, amazing pass rush. I think, though, down 10 or more, the Jags are in the 20s. Somewhere in the 20s as a team. I've never seen that disparity. Take a team like the Pats. Pats are one of the top couple teams if they're up 10, one of the best couple teams if they're down 10. I've never seen this disparity. So I am not even inclined to bet the Jags in any game. I'm inclined to watch. If they get up or down 10, I'm looking to play in-game. Now, we don't over-talk in-game, and we won't hear, but I think it is so pronounced here. It's something we owe it to the audience to mention. And worst case, you can play half-times if there's an extreme, you know double-digit result either way. Play on them if the Jags are up. Play against them if they're not. By the way, every win for the Jags this year by 16 points or more which speaks to that concept. So basically, we're betting more of the same. Whatever happens in the first half, it'll continue in the second half, and it makes sense. You agree with that? I do. Blake Bortles, do you want him when you're down 10 points? No, he's going to throw a pick six. He's not a competent NFL quarterback when they're behind. But play action, you don't know whether he's going to throw. He's perfectly capable when his team's up 10. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to geico.com. 15 minutes ago. We've got a 13 on the board now. This one's gone from 12 to 13. Houston taking on the Rams. Mike Lombardi, the former GM, really loves the Rams. Fire this one. Look, this Texan team's bad. They can't cover. They really don't have great pass rush, and I think this plays perfectly to what the Rams want to do. I think this is a bad matchup for the Texans. I think the Rams really enjoy running the score up, too. They're not going to slow down. They like getting the 50. They like putting 40 on people, and I think this is the perfect situation. I like the Rams to win big here. Now, I like Lombardi thinking of the psychology of the coach. Whenever you have a big favor, what is the will of that team to win big? And I trust Lombardi here. But for me, anytime you're in double digits, it's either dog or pass. I don't want a piece of this dog because I do believe Houston will play better than they did last week. I think last week was a dream crusher. There was a lot of emotion after Watson was injured. I think they are professionals. They should play well. But I think even if they play well, let's say relative to what he, well for Houston, right? Even if they play well, I think the Rams can cover. I'm passing. Yeah, I actually leaned to the Rams. I think the Eagles have some of this also, a team that's not used to being good, and now they're really good. And be- like the Saints. Like the Saints. Well, the Saints won the Super Bowl. <laughs> what, what, eight years ago? <laughs> <laughs> they still feel that they're a contender. And I think when you get a team that— you know, I gave you that win. Oh, boy. I came in with just a quick right hook on the way out. You should have just let me have that one. Remember the greatest show on turf back in 1999 with Kurt Warner, how this team pounded team after team. They didn't know they're supposed to let up. I think that's how this current Ram is feeling towards their opponents. But all joking aside, I agree with you, but what the heck was a Rams team in a different city 15 years ago have anything to do with this team? They were losers in 1998, and then they became winners in 99. So you think when te- – that's an interesting concept. You think when teams aren't used to winning, they're more inclined to run it up? Absolutely. I think it's when a team is the type that seems to try to be alpha. I, it feels like this McVay is an alpha and he wants to establish his dominance like almost like a Harbaugh does where other coaches aren't as alpha. I think that's typically the driver. That's a great point. It's like the R.J. Bell of NFL coaches. Uh, Jets <laughs> and Buccaneers. I do like to run it up. That's when, <laughs> when I, I tell you this, when I'm winning, you know, when I have, uh, let's say I'm up, you know, and listen, I win and lose a poker, but net net I win. But when I'm up, when I'm up and having one of those nights where let's say I'm up five or six thousand, I do not want to go. I want to make that ten. Now, unfortunately, 
Sometimes that six <laughs> becomes zero. RJ slow rolling his opponents. He doesn't like. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got oh, I do. Off. I do. There is some taunting. I can't lie. Jets are one and a half against the Buccaneers. I know both of you guys have a big problem with where this line is. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah, I love the Bucs. And to me, Fez, this is about mispricing Winston. The case could be made. And we had Matty Holt, big bookmaker in Vegas, on the Dream Preview. And he was saying there was a you know five or six point adjustment made because of Winston. And I thought that was absurd. I would make the case Winston is about three points better if he's healthy than Fitzpatrick, but he's not healthy. And there's a lot of drama going on with Winston. I think him being gone, Fitzpatrick coming in healthy. By the way, limited duty. Fitzpatrick this year, if you just look at all his passes, would be the 13th ranked quarterback in the NFL. This is a very good backup. I think relative to Winston's current state, Hardly any downgrade at all, if any, and thus the idea that Bucks are getting points at home, I think it's pure value, one of my better bets of the week. I agree, and let's get and talk about Fitzpatrick. Where did he play before for the New York Jets? If there's one backup quarterback that is going to look to stick it to a team, it's going to be him, and he's going to want to beat his former teammates, and certainly he knows about the Jets and can provide that information to his team. And I don't know if you know this, but he went to Harvard. Very smart guy. <laughs> That's his name, Cofield. It's 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 Fitzpatrick who went to Harvard. No beard sure. this year, though. Shave the beard. 48 on the Wonderlick, if we want more Fitzy facts. It's pretty good. That is pretty good. Vikings minus one and a half against the Redskins. Washington's number one factor, still that offensive line and the cluster injuries. I think so, and and from what I heard, Fez, you might have an update. Plan is only one guy's going to be out, or expectation, only one guy out for the Skins. They had four out last week, and they went into the toughest place to play in the country, or in the league, let's call it, in Seattle, and won with only one offensive line starter. That's almost, I can't fathom that, to be honest. This team's pretty good, and if they have four of their five back, I think there's huge value on the Skins. Do you have an update on the O-line? They're all still questionable, so I don't know if they're going to play. And if they do play— And we'll know because most likely, uh, and it's not always the case, but if they're going to play, they won't. Uh, it will be about who's inactive will tell us a lot, I think. Yes, and even if they do play, I don't know if they're going to be 80%, 75%, but what I don't like— They're going to be better than they, the team that beat Seattle last week because that's why they'd be playing. They only got like 180 yards in that game. They were fortunate to win, but here's the problem I have. The Anyone's fortunate to win in Seattle. Fair enough, but anyone's fortunate to beat Minnesota with that great defensive line. That's a big mismatch. If they have a patchwork offensive line, they're not going to be able to keep these guys out. I agree. If the O-line isn't healthy, I'm off it. I'm passing, but if it is healthy, value on skins. Lots to get to. Pros versus Joes. RJ's best bet. Fezzik's best bet. Next year on Straight Out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell, Wise Guys Chair. Best bets down the home stretch, baby. We got Fez. Let's quickly, though, talk 49ers, Fez. A lot of Giants money here. I think it's more anti 49ers money. They opened up at home favored. Now it's two and a half. Might even be moving towards three. Who knows? Here's my thoughts. 20 players on the 49ers injury report. But more importantly, Shanahan has given a cue 
that Jimmy G won't be playing quickly, which I think is telling this team and the betting market they're not all that worried about winning right now. And I think that's what's driving this move on the Giants. Yeah, and the concern I have is if the move had been towards San Francisco, we'd be talking about, all oh, the Giants have quit on the season. Look at that game against the Rams. I can understand that money, too. I still think with all those injuries and with all the problems they have with the politics here about the future, I think the Niners players are still trying hard. I, I disagree. I mean, they might, I think all players are trying hard. This quarterback is not competent. What is right now? What is the downgrade? Last thing on this game. What is the downgrade from Hoyer to this quarterback? Oh, I think it's five and a half points. So that's what I'm saying. This the 49ers were one of the worst teams with Hoyer. Now they're five points worse. I don't think the market. I think the market is now properly accounting for how bad the 49ers quarterback is. Carolina laying nine on Monday night against Miami. This is our pros versus Joe spot. The pros on the side of the Dolphins, 51% of the tickets, and uh, the Joes have the Panthers 70%. Actually, Dolphins 51% of the cash, Panthers 70% of the tickets. All right, so square side here, Carolina. I lean Dolphins, but boy, I love to say every spread tells a story, and this spread is showing disrespect for the Dolphins. I mean, it's been double digits this week. I think it's justified, but the market knows. If this was 10 years ago, this line might have been six because of the record and such, but the market knows Dolphins, too many close wins, and we always talk about it, close wins, too many of them in coin flip games lead to a team being overrated. I think in the mainstream media, they're overrated. I don't think Vegas thinks so. I'm passing. I'm going to be square and lean to Carolina here. The Dolphins have played two teams this year with above-average defenses. Not top 10, top 16. They've scored zero points in eight quarters in those games. Yeah, wor- wor- worst offense in the league. Best bet time. Fezzik, as he, I think, is on the Bears. And the number's getting better for you. Four and a half now down from five and a half against the Packers. And here's what I'll say. When Fez bets a game or he gives you a best bet, you know he's taking off the rubber band. What are you doing? Wise guy don't carry his money in a wallet. Hey, wise guy carries money in a roll. All right, who you bet? You betting the Bears, fast? I am on a favorite. I'm laying the four and a half. My power ratings make the Bears four and a half on a neutral site here, and they're at home. And the Bears have been great at home. RJ, they played the most difficult schedule in the NFL at home this year. They played Atlanta, should have won, arguably. Played Pittsburgh, blew them out. Played the Vikings, hung in there, lost by three, and beat Carolina. Well. The Packers are a good touchdown worse than all four of those teams. Probably much worse. I'll lay the four and a half. By the way, this reminds me, you make a good point. Strength of schedule when you're doing home road splits is even more important because there's only like four games or so. If you look at the Bills, back to the Bills, they're 4-0 at home. Their teams they beat, those four teams are 3-14 and straight up on the road. Still, though, I'm going to give you the win on that crossfire. RJ, best bet. Browns and the Lions, Detroit's laying 10 and a half. Yeah, I, I actually gave this to Adam Carolla. So I do Carolla show every Wednesday. Uh, great podcast Adam has. I had 13 on the Browns. I bet it. Love it. I still like it here. Here is the stat of the week, the trend of the week. Own five teams or worse. 10 days or more of rest. So what's the logic? Is It's a team that's got that. Zero wins around their neck like an albatross. And they're hearing, and Fez always talks about this, talk radio. Local guys like you, Cofield, when you're not on this show, you hear them saying, oh, Brown stink, Brown stink. What's going to happen? We're going to fire Hugh Jackson, blah, 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 Kaiser. 
and they get sick of it. These are professional athletes. These are guys that were the best athletes in the in their school, in their colleges. And now they got 10 plus days in this case, a buy to prepare. Here's the trend. Teams in that situation, 18 and 3 against the spread in the last 30 years. 18 and 3. I swore off the Browns, but 18 and 3 is bringing me back. Best bet, Browns. And from a pure yards per play perspective, the Browns are actually the better team. You tweet that out every week, RJ, your graph, right? I do. At RJ in Vegas. Dream pod. Let's talk about it, Colin. Yeah, so Colin and I, we got that pod. We also have the dream preview, all that on my Twitter. Also, if you missed any of this show, any of the two hours, we'll have that up on Twitter also. Jonas Knox. Coming up next, we'll see you next Friday, straight out of Vegas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote live nation presents concert week now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.